I'm going to start, I'm just going to start by praying. Um, Felicia, I'm not, I wasn't trying to like play a trick on you, make you go get coffee while I start. (laughs) My mind's kind of all over the place. So I'm going to pray first. All right. Father, thank you for a time to um, talk with um, uh, the members of WSBC this morning about singing. Lord, we thank you um, for singing and um, ask God that you help us to, to sing better as a church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Cool. So the first 15 years of my Christian life, I was completely wrong in the way that I understood worship on Sunday mornings. So um, I used to, you know, so uh, Bible talks about worship being a service, right? Worship is a service. And so I used to think that like uh, worship service meant um, that I, I go to church and everybody, you know, the people up front, they serve me and help me to worship God better. So that's what I thought a worship service was. Um, <clears throat> but I didn't realize that on Sunday mornings as a Christian or as a church member, Actually, I'm supposed to be going to church and I'm supposed to be the one serving. Um, and not just on the stage, but like within the congregation, I'm, I'm coming to serve as part of the congregation, even just out there. And so that's to me was, you know, like a big kind of change in my, my perspective on worship. So the whole congregation is serving God and worship on Sunday morning. Um, so that just blew my mind. Um, <clears throat> one of the ways that we do this on Sunday morning is through, through when the congregation prays. So I mentioned that a little bit, but um, when we pray on Sunday morning, somebody goes up there and leads, right? Um, when that person goes up and, and they pray, they're actually not like a priest who's praying over everybody and praying for everybody, right? Actually, who's the priest, uh, Jesus, Jesus is the priest, but the priest is the congregation. We're all priests, right? And so the, the person who's leading that prayer, they're, they're praying a prayer. And so all of us as priests, we're listening along intently and praying in our hearts. And when the person says amen and finishes, we say amen. And as a congregation of priests, the priests of all believers, we've all prayed together. And so we've just served, you know, God. We've just served whoever we're praying for in, in prayer. And so that's, that's called corporate prayer. And that's, that's us doing our job as, as the congregation on Sunday morning. So we're coming to serve. Another thing is, you know, uh, they have the public reading of Scripture. So when the Scripture is read, we could just listen. And if it's interesting, you know, like kind of think about something. Uh, or when this, or when the, the scripture is preached, we could just listen and, you know, like if it's interesting, you know, I'll pay attention. But really, when we're listening to the scripture read or preached, we're, we're supposed to be active, right? Actively praying that God will build us up with his word, that God will equip us with his word. And so each of those, you know, in, in the book of First Timothy, Paul tells, uh, Paul tells Timothy, do not forsake the, the public reading of scripture, and so public reading of scripture is, is a really important thing. And so we're, as, as members of the body, the congregation, we're to be listening and um, actively you know, engaging in that, prayerfully serving God, even in the way we listen to scripture or, or we listen to a sermon. Um, and so another way, which is what we're going to talk about today, the way that we serve God as part of the congregation is by singing. Um, and so... 
Yeah. And so that's something that I, again, I did not know until, you know, about, I don't know, uh, maybe, how old do you know? <laughs> 11. Until about, until about 11 years ago, um, when, I fir- when I first got to SIBC, I did not realize that I have a job to sing to the church members on Sunday morning. Uh, we just don't realize that, uh, you know, in, in the way that we think about church in America, typically, um, where I came from. But that's our job. And so what does that mean? Um, <clears throat> what does it mean that uh, every time that the church gathers together on Sunday, that you have a job to, to serve God, to serve the members by singing? Is that new for anybody? That it's your, it's your yeah, uh, yeah, cool. I'm glad it's new for somebody because it was completely new for me that it's my job to sing on Sunday morning as part of the congregation. Um, Cool. Um, So start with a definition. I stole this definition um, from a pastor at Mako's, the church that Mako used to be at in America. He says, what what does it mean by singing? A singing church is a means of grace. It's a means of grace. As a spirit-dwelt congregation gathered by grace exhorts one another towards faithfulness as they worship God. All right. I'm just going to go on from that and not, not unpack it. Why singing? Why, why does God want us to sing to each other? I'm going to give you four reasons. Um, first, because God created us in his image, right? Does God sing? Does he sing? I think Mako might know. Does God sing? Uh, open up, open up, or somebody, somebody, uh, open up your Bibles to uh, Zechariah, chapter, your favorite book, Zechariah. Chapter, where do I have this? I think it's in chapter 3. Oh, yeah. Zechariah chapter 3. Um, what does it say? Who can read to me? Zechariah chapter 3, verse 14. Is there a 3? Ze- oh, Zephaniah. Zephaniah. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I don't, I don't want to know what that, that verse said. We, we're in Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 14. And sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. Yes. So what's happening, what's happening in that verse? What, what is, what is uh, Zephaniah telling Israel to do? Sing aloud. Sing aloud. Yeah. Okay. That's not really a surprise, and it doesn't answer the question that I just asked. Does God sing? What about verse 17? Why should Israel sing aloud? Who can read to me, who can read to me verse 17? Can somebody else read that one to me? The right. Lord of God is in your midst, a mighty one who will say, He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud sing. Yeah. So the Lord, your God, and that's the word, that's, that's the name Yahweh, right? Yahweh, your God, is in your midst, and he will exult over you with loud singing. So I remember the first time I, I, I saw that verse and was like, whoa, God sings. That's amazing. Yeah, I did not realize that God sings, but God sings. So, um, and so one of the reasons that we sing is because God created us in his image, right? And, and God sings. And so God created us to sing. It's natural for us to sing. 
So sometimes, sometimes you'll just find yourself singing. Why am I singing? Because God created you to sing. Uh, he created you in his image. And so, so Christians, you know, we're, we're, a singing, um, we're a singing group, you know? We've been reconciled to the God who created us. And so we do what God created us to do. We sing. Um, so, yeah, that makes Christianity different from, from, you know, so many other religions. Christians sing, all right? Um, what's another, the second reason that we sing as a church um, is because after God saves people by his grace, they, um, they sing. After God saves people, his people, people love to sing when they're saved. Um, who can, so the book of Exodus is obviously one of the most famous acts of salvation. Um, and God saved the people of Israel from Pharaoh's army. And how did he do it? I'm recording this, so, so yeah. How did he do it? How did God save the pe- people of Israel from Pharaoh's army? This is a tough, tough Bible question. So Pharaoh's army is bearing down on him. What did God do? <laughs> I feel like your kids are smiling because they're listening to our question yet. They're like, why isn't anyone speaking up and saying it's Why are y'all being so quiet? What did God do? <laughs> yeah. He made, he, uh, he parted the Red Sea. So God parted the Red Sea. He gave Israel this amazing salvation. He parted the Red Sea. Israel went through the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army goes into the Red Sea. And what happens? It closes down on them. And, and God destroys the army of Pharaoh. Israel coming onto the other bank. What do they do? They sing. That's the, that's what they do. They sing. So who can read, uh, chapter Exodus? Where are we at? Oh, No. Is it chapter 15? All right, yeah. Chapter 15, verse 17. Exodus. I need a new reader. Wait. Wait, no, 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 no. Is that it? Is that Moses? Sorry. Verse. Maybe it's verse 7. Well, just know verse 1. Just go verse 1. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to Yahweh, saying, I will sing to Yahweh, and he has triumphed gloriously. The horse of his rider, he has thrown into the sea. Yeah, so the people of Israel, they, they get onto the bank of the river, and they just start singing. They sing a song. Uh, what about, um, we have another example of the redeemed people of God singing in, oh, here, yeah, it is Exodus 15, 1 to 3. I'm just not finding it. Revelation chapter 15. If we skip to Revelation chapter 15, <clears throat> we see the church, the church in heaven singing in Revelation chapter 15, verses 2 to 4. Who can read that? And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire, and also those who had come from the beast and its image, and a number of its names, standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so, yeah, it says it later on, it says, All nations will come to you and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. So congregational singing, it's the sound of people, sound of a people who have been saved by grace. So when people have been saved by grace, what does it sound like? It sounds like singing. 
We're, you're going to hear singing. Um, we sing together on Sunday mornings. We come together and we sing because we've all experienced the mighty grace of God in our lives. We've all experienced this. We share this experience. And so we come and we sing together about it. That's the second reason. Um, so we just read scripture. We read about God's people singing in Exodus. And we read about God's people singing in heaven. But what about, does the Bible say anything about God's people singing in the church? The New Testament church. Do we have anything about that? Yes. Um, in, uh, and we don't just have God talking, describing the church singing. We have, in the New Testament, we have God commanding the church to sing to each other. Look at this. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Who can read that one to me? Nope. All right. Ephesians 5, 8 and 9. 18 to 19. Oh, sorry. Okay. I said, right. said it wrong. <laughs> 18 and 19. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So Paul telling the, telling the Ephesian church, do not be filled with wine. You know, that's debauchery. Be filled with the Spirit. Be a people who are filled with the Spirit. And how, are they, how do they become a people that is filled with the Spirit? Or how do, they, um, how do they manifest the fact that they're filled with the Spirit? If you're filled with the Spirit, what are you going to do? Uh, he says in verse 19, he says, Addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. And so, so yeah. So does that mean that, like, you know, when the just... Whenever you come across a Christian, you're supposed to just start singing to them, you know, in psalms and spiritual songs and hymns. Maybe you could do that. Um, but, you know, much more likely what he's saying is when you gather together, you're to sing to each other these, these psalms and these hymns. He says, address one another. Um, and then also making melody to the Lord in your heart. So, you know, um, notice first this is a command from God to sing to each other, Right? And to sing to the Lord. And second, you see that there's two, uh, two audiences for your singing when you sing. Who's the first audience listed? Nope. Yeah, one another. So one another, what is that, what is that another word for? One another. Like as a technical Bible word. What does one another mean? Yeah, it means your church members. Yeah, so singing to your church members. That's the first audience when we sing on Sunday morning. Uh, did you realize that? On Sunday morning, you're supposed to be singing to each other. That was new for me uh, 11 years ago. So, wow, I'm supposed to be singing to people on Sunday if I'm in the congregation? Um, and then the second, the second audience is obviously God. So it's both. It's not one or the other. Often, we, who, do we, who do we think is the audience of our singing? Yeah, and is that right? Yeah, that's right. We, God is the audience. He is listening to us. We're to make melody to God in our hearts. But it's not completely right, right? If we're only, if we're only singing to God, then we're not, we're not obeying, you know, the first part of it, which is to sing to each other, to sing to the other church members. And so that's something that we need to, you know, continually remind ourselves. Oh, I'm supposed to be singing to you and to you and to y'all and, and to y'all up, up there. Um, and so, so yeah, um, 
<clears throat> so that's the first three reasons why we sing. The final reason why we sing um, is to help fill one another with the word of God. So singing is one of the ways that we, um, that Christians become filled with the word. So who can read uh, Colossians chapter three, verse 16 to me? I need a brand new reader. I'm tired of all those old people who have <laughs> read already. 316. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Okay. So, so just like in Ephesians, we don't, so Ephesians, you know, God commands the, the Ephesians to sing to each other. Here we have another command that involves singing for the church. And so if we ever wonder, you know, what are we supposed to be doing music-wise in the church? This is a great place to start. What does God command? And so we see, we see these two different times that God commands us to sing to each other in the church. Let's let that drive our philosophy of music in the church, how we do things. But the, let's look at the reason. What is, what is Paul's, um, and God through Paul, what's the goal of the church stated at the beginning of this verse? What's the goal? What does Paul want to see in this, in this Colossian church? Yeah, that's right. Paul wants to see the word of Christ dwelling in them richly. The word of Christ dwelling in them richly. Um, that's God's will for the Colossian church. That's God's will for WSBC. What does God want? He wants the word of Christ to dwell in each of us in each of us richly. And so that's a huge goal, a huge purpose of everything that happens on Sunday morning um, is that, that somehow as a church, um, we can more and more that the word of God can dwell in us richly. So through, through, the, through the preaching, through the prayers, and definitely through the songs that we sing. Um, so what are the ways that God gives there in, in chapter 3, verse 16, to help the word dwell in the church richly. What are the ways that God gives? Verse 16. Yeah. Teaching and admonishing, right? And, and so, yeah, so those are obvious ways that the, that the word will dwell in us. Admonish, that's kind of like application, Right? You know, I, I did not realize, I did not realize that uh, the word of God applied to my life like this. And somebody has come and they've, they've, they've showed me, oh, this is what it looks like to live as a Christian in this area. And so as I obey that, that word is dwelling in me richly. What's the, what's the other way besides teaching and admonishing? Singing. That's right. Um... So on Sundays, one of the, when we gather, one of the reasons we gather is so that we can sing the word of God to each other. So as we sing the word of God, it's dwelling in us richly. And as, we, as, as people sing it to us, it's the word of God is also better able to dwell in us richly. Um, it's often said that if you ask a church member, you know, on Monday, hey, what were the points of the sermon yesterday? To, oh, ask the pastor the next day. What were the points of your sermon yesterday? You might not know. Uh, but ask, or the preacher, yeah, but, but ask, you know, ask a, what, you know, ask him to sing you some of the song, one of the songs that we sang yesterday. You probably will be able to sing some of the words of one of those songs because that's how music is. 
God designed music to help you to memorize these words and to have these, the word of God stick to your, to your heart um, when you sing through music. Um, and so you can see how, how important singing is as a tool for the word of God to fill us richly. God designed it that way. So um, <clears throat> somebody else described, you know, okay, so, you know, somebody chooses these songs that we sing, um, and it's actually, um, it's actually the pastors, because, because the Word of God, it's, um, some, Mark, Mark Collins described it to me once, is, is music in the church, and it's an extension of the ministry of the Word. So, so it's the elders who have ultimate responsibility. Like if they choose words of songs that aren't true or that aren't helpful to the church, they're going to have to be accountable to God before that. And so it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a very grave task to choose, to choose the doctrine or the, the, the songs that the congregation is going to be singing. Um, and, and it's a very important task and it's, it's a, it's a very meaningful task to choose these songs. Um, somebody described it once as when, when choosing the songs for a church that the church will sing is like choosing the soundtrack for their lives. You think about that? The songs you sing on Sunday, don't they have a way of kind of making it into your life on, on Monday? You find yourself singing one of those songs if you, if you sung it enough on Sundays. That's what music does, right? Um, think about Paul and Silas when they were chained up in prison um, in Acts chapter Chapter 16. Do you remember what Paul and Silas did when they were in the middle of the night? They're chained up in jail. Remember what they were doing? Anybody remember? Yeah, they were singing. They were, it says they were praying and they were singing hymns. And so in God's kindness, um, God had equipped them with songs that they could sing even when they're in jail. Even when they're like in the pit. They had sung songs of lament. They had, sung, they had learned songs of hope. And they had sung those songs in the gathering. And so when they're in the pit in this trial, they have songs that they can sing. That soundtrack is going and it's glorifying God and it's, it's sharing hope with them and with other people. Um, cool. And so on Sundays, we'll sing these songs of joy and we'll sing songs of lament. And part of the purpose of the songs that we sing is to help you. Um, it, it's to help you have songs to sing in all the different joys and the trials of your life. <laughs> <You're okay. laughs> okay, cool. So, so now it's test time. Now it's test time. Before we move to like, what does congregational singing look like? Let's let's have a test. What are the four reasons that uh, that we sing as a church? Just you don't have to say them in order. Just, just throw one of them out. One of the things I just said. God sings. Because God sings? That's right. And that was the first one. That's perfect. Because God sings and God created us in his image. All right, what else? What do you say? <coughs> so the what? Yeah, because so, so I call that one because God commands it. So, um, yeah. The second, does, okay, do, you, do y'all remember any of the other ones? The, the one we just talked about, right? Yeah, to, to, that we can... Yeah, yeah. so that we as a congregation can be filled with the word. So that's why we sing. And that's God's important tool for filling us with the word. And then the other one was we sing because we're saved. 
Because we're a people who have been saved, and so we, you know, so we sing. Um, so those are the four reasons. Um, cool. I might test you. I might test you again at the end. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, yeah, you passed. You definitely passed. <laughs> uh, so that covers the what and the why to congregational singing. Uh, for the remainder of this time, I wanted to talk about the how. Well, actually, do you, do do y'all have any questions or thoughts about that first? about kind of the why for singing? I mean, so if someone says they don't have a good voice or they feel like they can sing very well, would that be a sin? Would that be a sin if they don't sing? Uh, you know, I think that God gave you your voice, you know? Um, and so, so... I think that, you know, yeah, he created your voice. He gave you your voice. And even, even, you know, somebody once said, uh, talking about, you know, slaves or prisoners, you know, like no, no culture at all. And uh, you'll see this sometimes, like no training at all, but like they're saved, you know, they're saved by Jesus, you know, like, and so, uh, when you hear this, this group of prisoners who's been saved by Jesus with, with no background singing, they probably can't sing at all, but they're singing with the voices that they have, just the joy of salvation, it's the most beautiful thing you could ever hear. And so, so I would say, you know, you, you, you'd probably want to encourage that person, you know? You know, God gave you your voice, and you feel like, you know, like you can't sing, but, you know, I'd encourage you to do it. You'll, you'll bless people around you. Um, you know, uh, yeah, that's what I would say. Are they in sin for not for not singing? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, is is it a sin for them not to sing, or is it a sin for them to sing? Like, are they? <laughs> you know, so some people with their moms might be like, "Mom, you, you don't sing, please, please. That's sinful." That. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, we all we all know people like that. I think, I think, I think no. I think I think that you should sing. Um, you know, if somebody's like, I don't know, because there could be somebody who's completely distracting like everybody and like out, you know, uh, <clears throat> and so I mean, on one hand, in that situation, you might just be like, that's why everybody else needs to be singing louder. Praise God that they're singing loud, you know. Like, let's everybody just sing louder, you know, to each other. So, so yeah, I don't know. Um, any, does anybody else, does anybody have helpful a thought on that, that question itself? I don't think I would call it simply sinful, but yeah, encourage them to sing. Yeah. God tells us to sing, so just sing. Yeah. Sing for you. It's yeah. Either for the people around you or for God. Yeah. But in case, don't worry about it. Don't be self-conscious. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I had a question. I for, for the scripture that says that we should sing. Is there also scripture that says we sh- should give praise in other ways, whether it's dancing or through art or through other things? Anything in your research for that? Yeah, you know, uh, I didn't research that, but I don't. I don't see like in the New Testament like scriptures that say like, oh, you should dance or that you should do it with art. Um, and so, so yeah, not as, not as, yeah, but expli- explicitly we see, we see singing there. 
or you know even like play music on a harp or something. You don't see that in the new in the New Testament. So um, symbols, all that stuff. Um, but sing, well, I, I'm just saying. I, so just saying, we we do see singing commanded, and so that's so that's where our focus. You know, I think our focus should be as a church is, is singing. Um, cool. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to the how. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Cool. Move on to the how. Cool. So I was going to, if if we have enough time, <clears throat> we're going to give some uh, some application to just the congregation. If you're a member of the congregation, what does it look like to sing? You know, to sing well as to do your job singing well as a member of the congregation. I was going to give some practical advice to those who lead singing, and then also practical advice to those who uh, accompany, accompany, whether through piano or guitar, um, or something else, I guess. Um, but um, yeah, just real quick, just another joy of singing to church members. Um, think, think about this with me. Um, imagine somebody in our, in our body is going through a tough trial in their life, Right. Um, we don't have to think that hard to imagine that because we know, you know, like Vivian um, is going through a trial having to, you know, caring for her mom, you know, and there's, there's other examples. Phil has been, you know, with, with, her, with, with his father passing, you know, it's, it's, we can start listing them off or looking through the prayer group. Um, so when we go through trials, we're often in great pain and great anguish and we're in a dark place, Right. Um, and so that's the opportunity for you as the church member to come and to walk alongside them, you know, like Job's friends, to come and to sit with them and to listen to, as they share whatever they, they, they're willing to share, to pray for them, you know, just to be with them. Um, and then also as they, as, they, as they share some truth, what, what is giving them hope in this moment? You know, like listening for that. As, you know, if you have some word of encouragement or hope, you, you give that to them. And then on Sunday, they come on Sunday. You know, this hypothetical, they come on Sunday and then you're singing the song. Uh, the, the church is singing the song, it is well, it is well with my soul, Right? And you, you're, we're all in the congregation, you know, singing It Is Well With My Soul. You happen to look over and see this person. And, and they're looking at you. Uh, all right, I have to. Yeah, so they're looking at you. And, um, <clears throat> and you happen to lock eyes. And you can see in their eyes that they're thinking about the truths that they just told you yesterday. Or they're thinking about the truth that you told them. And they're, and, and they're connecting it with the song that you're singing. It Is Well With My Soul. And so you're looking, you're having to look at each other like, yes, you know, and they say, I'm proclaiming this to myself in this trial. And you say, yes, I'm proclaiming this for you too. Sorry. That's like, that's the joy of congregational singing right there. Um, and so, yeah. Okay. So that's, so that's what it is. And so whether it's, whether it's a trial of, of suffering or whether it's a trial of sin, you know, uh, so somebody's struggling with sin and they need forgiveness and you've been talking to them about it, and then, uh, and then in, in church, you happen to look at each other, and, you know, it's a song about, you know, like, vile, vile as, you know, though I'm as vile as he, Jesus washed away my sins. You look at that person, they look at you, and you're like, yeah, that's congregational singing. That's what you're doing when you're singing to each other in the congregation. It's, it's working with your, with your church life together. And so, um, so yeah, all right, cool.
So how do you sing? You sing with your voices, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just kind of, I said, I'm saying that to make it a, like systematic. So we sing with our voices. Um, <clears throat> if you really want to sing with somebody, then you're going to sing loud enough so that they can hear you, right? So if somebody's, you know, just singing really soft, you're not, you're not, it doesn't seem like you really want to be singing to that person, right? Um, so you want them to be able to hear you. So, um, so, <clears throat> If we, so when we're singing in the congregation, we want to sing loudly. We want to sing robustly. So that would be the difference in like, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Right? That sounds nice, but it's soft, isn't it? You can't really, you can't really tell that I'm, I'm singing to you, but if I'm like, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I'm proclaiming it to you and I'm proclaiming it to, you know, everybody. So that's, that's what we need to be doing as a congregation, singing, singing robustly to each other. Um, <clears throat> uh, and the other thing, let's see, what, what else do I have? Singing robustly. Second, we want to sing with our hearts, right? Um, we want to avoid the rebuke of Isaiah and later Jesus, who described the Israelites like this. You know, the Lord said, Because these people draw near to me with their mouth, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Right? So we don't want to be a people who's drawing near the Lord with our our mouth, but our hearts are far from the Lord. So that that obviously describes, you know, everybody sometimes on Sunday morning, you know, but but our goal, we want our hearts, we want our hearts to be able to engage the truths that we're singing um, in the congregation. So, um, we want our hearts to match with these glorious truths that we're singing. It's, if, if we're singing these glorious truths and just kind of monotone and, you know, like these glum expressions on our face, then, then it's not matching. We're saying we don't really believe what we're singing or we don't know what we're singing. Um, so, yeah. And then the third thing is sing with your bodies. <clears throat> sing with your bodies. Um, you may have noticed this, and I've talked about it a little bit, but sometimes I or the other members of the church will literally turn around and look at you in the middle of a song while we're singing. Um, and uh, we'll look at you during the song. Because um, how can I sing to you if, I don't, if I'm not looking at you, if I'm not seeing you? Um, how do you know that I'm singing to you if, you don't, if I'm not looking at you? And so, you know, ideally, a church setting, the, the way that the chairs are arranged is, is so that it's kind of like a semicircle, so, like this. This would be the perfect way for the seats to be ran in church. Why? So you can see each other. So that you can like sing to each other, you know? And so, um, and so uh, in our, sometimes the room's not set up in a way. And so that just makes, we have to do a little bit more to like look at each other when we sing. And it doesn't mean just like, I mean, it doesn't mean just turn around and like don't look at your music at all and just like, you know, but I mean... You, de- you definitely want to, like, you know, look at the people you're singing to. And so um, it's okay to look at the words if you don't know the words, too. But, um, but yeah. Um, cool. And so those are, those are three ways to sing to one another. Two other reminders. Uh, also remember to sing to the Lord, right? We're not singing just to one another. We're also singing to the Lord. God created us and he saved us so that we could sing to him, so that we could relate with him through singing. Um, so let's do that together on the Lord's day as his bride. Let's sing to the Lord together. Um, and then the, 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 
the second thing is sing songs that you don't like. Sing songs you don't like. Um, <clears throat> let's think about uh, our relation, your relationship with God, our relationship with God. We couldn't be more different from God, you know, before God saved us. We couldn't be more different from him. Obviously, number one, he's eternal. He's the creator and we're creation. So that's very different. Number two, God is holy, right? And we're sinful. And so we are so different from God, you know, in our, in our uh, being creation and in our sin. But even though God's different from us, what does God do? How does God feel? What does he do for us? He loves us. He comes to us, though we are so different from us. And so... As God comes to us, though we are so different from him, uh, we also, when we look around in the body, we see a lot of people who are different from us, right? Um, different, different, different backgrounds, different ages. We come from different times, different places, different socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, different jobs, different personalities, right? But because our faith is is about this connection with the God who is, who is different from us but came to us, we also can move towards those who are different from us. And one of the ways that we bless people who are different from us is we sing the songs that they like, and which are also songs that we don't like, right? That's gotta happen if we're with people who are, you know, like our parents' age or our grandparents' age or our kids' age, right? They're going to like songs that we don't like. And so the way that we bless them is by singing those songs, even though we don't like them, to those people in the way that they like to hear it. And so, um, so sing songs you don't like. If the, if the elders are, are like on top of their game, doing the best job they can, hopefully one of the songs on Sunday you will not like. If they're, if they're meeting their goal. Um, and so, so, and it really happens. It, <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, anyways, um, so how are we doing? We're doing good. It's not 12 minutes, right? Is that right, Pastor Brian? 12 minutes? Uh, what, are we going until uh, 9.50? When do we need to end? 50. Cool. All right. Cool. All right. Now some, uh, so that's for the congregation. All right. What did I say? Let's, let's have a test number two. How, how do we sing as a congregation? If you're out there in the congregation, if I'm out there, what, how do we need to sing? Loudly. What? Loudly. Loudly. That's right. We need to sing loudly. Um, what else? Yeah, with our, with our body, right? We need, to, we, need to, we need to turn and look at each other. We need to make eye contact. You know, so um, there was a few years ago, there was a few years ago, um, and this happens a lot, but um, we, we were leaving SIBC to join with, a, with like a local Chinese church. Um, and we loved our church. We loved SIBC. Or whenever WSBC, you know, left SIBC to come plant. We like love those people. Our heart was, you know, torn out when you're, you know, these members are leaving, right? Um, and so on that day, you look at each other and you're like, I love singing with you. I love, the, you know, living this life with you. Um, and so, yeah. So again, that's... That's, you know, you're looking at each other, you're singing to each other. And so, you know, you can't even sing at that moment. Obviously, I can't sing or talk. But, um, but yeah. All right. What else? How else do we sing? With your heart. With your heart. That's right. Um, so your, your heart, your emotions matching the truth of the words that you're singing. Um, who else are we singing to besides each other? 
Uh-huh. And uh, what happens if it's a song we don't like? We sing it. We sing that song because somebody else loves that song. And the truths in that song can minister to that person right where they're at. Yes? Just on the last one. <laughs> because um, sometimes it's not a matter of cultural differences or upbringing. Sometimes like, it's the song itself. Maybe it doesn't happen with your home church, like perhaps if it's like Bible. But perhaps when you're visiting, going to other churches, sometimes you don't always agree with all the songs. You, you don't what? You don't always agree with it. Yeah, no, so that's, that's, that's talking well, about... Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, so if it's, if it's a song that doesn't have truth in it, if you don't agree with the words in the song, don't, don't even sing it. Don't sing those words, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, but what I was talking about was more the style. So for me, like, I, so I, I'll struggle with kind of like um, the style of maybe like, it's, it's, it's the guys who did the music with Billy Graham, you know? And so it's like... Like, on a hill far away, right? Like, or I don't know, or like... But, you know, but some people, some people like that, you know, that music, God uses that music and the, that truth to really minister to them. And so for me, I will not, I will not, you know, like make a, a goofy face if I'm singing that, you know. I'm going to sing it. I'm going to be that. I'm going to be that person, you know, like, on a hill far away. I'm going to, you got to go there for your, for your, for the other members who are ministered by that style. Okay. Um, but it's a battle, right? And so, and so, you know, like older members in the church or, you know, people who are more like, you know, more modern, they, they might struggle with a mighty forces of our God or just any of the Getty songs, right? Uh, and so, but they want to minister to you. And so they're going to, they're going to sing that, sing those songs, even though they don't like the style. Um, cool. Those who lead the singing, um, for those who lead the singing, um, where are we at? Right here. For those who lead the singing, there's two, two ways that you, I don't even know if we have any, we have one, one song leader in here, two, um, three, and four, maybe, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, oh, potential future song leaders uh, right there. Yeah, so if you're leading the singing, there's two things that you, two ways that you need to lead. Um, the first one, the first way that you need to lead is by, uh, by modeling, right? By modeling. So here's the deal. If you're standing in front of the congregation, then you need to model good congregational singing. Um, you need to sing loud. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Claire also is a, yeah, that's right. Uh, so you need to, <clears throat> you need to sing loudly, right? You need to sing loudly, which can be a challenge if there's a microphone, right? You got this microphone. Wow. Not, so what do I do? Wow. <laughs> what do I do? Uh, you turn the microphone down. Or you scoot back from the microphone so that you can model singing loudly. Does that make sense? So that's, yeah, um, that's really important. Because if your microphone's too loud, you're going to be singing softly. And because, you know, um, and then if you're singing softly, then you're not being a good role model for the members. Um, the members, they're going to follow your lead. Like if we're, if we're, if the leaders are up there modeling, like singing loudly and making eye contact, we don't even need this class. Like 
that's, that's really how we're going to learn how to sing congregationally, is, is by the leaders leading them in that way, modeling it. Um, yeah, then also sincerely with your heart, right? Your facial expressions and your emotions need to match the truth that we're singing about. Um, and then you also need to model making eye contact with your members. Um, so if we are looking at the bulletin the whole time while you sing, um, it, it may be because you're not familiar with, enough with a song and you need to practice it more before Sunday. Um, but you need to be familiar enough to be able to look up and make eye contact with the congregation. Um, it also means you should probably use the big bulletin if you're like over 35, um, <laughs> like I am. So, like, so this is 14, you know, 14 print font. Uh, I don't know how you say that. But, um, yeah, and so I'm able to look at it, and I'm able to look at you guys, right? And so it's more important to be able to, like, see clearly the lyrics when you're singing congregational singing. So use the big bulletin um, that they make available to you. Um, or print it out uh, even bigger for yourself. Um, it's, it's easier. Oh, yeah. And so, um, so I'm not saying you need to look at people the whole time. But um, sometimes it's just, you know, like the last line of a, of a, of a verse. You see, the, you see the last line and you got it in your head. Now I can look it up. I can look up and I can sing that to people. Right? And then, or the last line of the chorus. Or I got the chorus memorized. Let's just go. Right? Um, and so, so, yeah. And so then you go back to the verse and you can look at your verse. So it's okay to look at the bulletin. Just also make eye contact with the congregation. Um, you need to lead by modeling, but that's not enough. To help the congregation sing, you also need to lead musically. Um, what does that mean? It means you need to know when to come in in a song. You've got to know when to come in. Um, and so what that means is when you rehearse before the service begins, when you're having a rehearsal, that's the main thing you need to practice is coming in. Okay? Um, because it's your job to lead the congregation in coming in. And so if you don't know when to come in and the congregation comes in before you, um, then you aren't leading them, right? Um, there's not really a purpose in being up there. Um, besides knowing when to come in, you also, so that's knowing, just knowing when are we coming in. That's knowing, knowledge the first thing. The second thing you need is be able to communicate to the congregation when they need to come in. So you could be like, now! <laughs> Actually, you can't do that. <laughs> but, uh, but there's other ways. We can use verbal, verbal cues to teach the congregation when to come in, right? Um, so uh, Adam, Adam Lenz, so I used him as an illustration in my sermon. Now I'm using him as an illustration for this. But last week, did y'all notice how he was doing that? He was like, he was looking at everybody. He would like move his head before he'd start and he'd take a big breath, right? And so what does that look like? So, so well, for real, so looking at everybody, you want their eyes so that they can see you. Um, you, you need to get ready to kind of nod and like take a deep breath for them to come in. So it's this. Uh, wait, oh, sorry. Amazing grace. So, yeah, I forgot to tell you to sing, but, but yeah, so that's how you do it. So I like look around and then take a deep breath and they'll take a deep breath and then we all come in at the same time. And so that's what you gotta practice in rehearsal. So. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. All right, 
Cool. Any thoughts or questions about that? It's hard when you're not the instrumentalist, you know, it's so like, so when you're not the one playing the instrument, that's why you have to practice it, you know, with the accompanist um, for, for each song. And we'll, we'll try to make it easier by, um, we, by trying to make it more predictable. Where am I? Um, cool. Uh, one final tip about leading singing is that, um, when you're singing a note, you want to be the first person to start the note. If you're leading, first person to start the note, and then the last person to end the note. So, many of you guys did song. Say you wish like me. Was blind but now I'm free. Okay. Was blind but now I'm free. Did you see how long I held that out? Like everybody else is done, but I'm still going. And, the, and what that does is it, it keeps, the, keeps there from being a silent point where one person's like, ah, you know, where they heard themselves. Does that make sense? And so that will keep people from singing loud, from being able to feel free to sing loudly. If they know they're covered by your voice, then they'll, then they'll be able to sing loudly with you. Okay? Uh, so be the first person in, not, the, not letting them come in first. Amazing grace. And then, you know, so, um, and, then, and then the last person out. One more minute. Uh, all that I want to say to the accompanists, guitar players, of which there's only one. Maybe we don't need to say that. Short, short interludes, short interludes in between verses and songs. The CD has this, and when you listen to it on a, on a recording, the interludes will be like, you know, really long in between verses. Because they got a band, and like it's not a, it's not recorded for congregational singing. It's recording because it's nice to listen to. But when it's church, uh, long you only need like one measure in between verses. It lets people breathe, and then they're the main things ready to happen again. That's everybody singing, um, and so um, so yeah. Um, if you are accompanying and playing, if you're wanting to play an instrument and lead singing at the same time, you need to be proficient and skillful enough on your instrument that you basically don't have to think about it anymore and you can focus on doing a good job leading the singing. So are you able to model uh, eye contact, singing loudly, singing clearly, coming in? Are you able to model being a good song leader and lead musically singing while you're playing an instrument? If you're not there on your instrument yet, then it'd be better to have somebody else lead the singing while you accompany on instrument. Um, yeah, that's, that's, about, that's about it. Let me pray. Father, thank you for um, congregational singing. Lord, we thank you. And we pray, and like we did at the beginning of class, ask God that you help us to be a congregation that glorifies you and builds up the church through our singing. We trust you and thank you for this grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just before the last point, I just want to make sure everyone, um, go back to the style. Um, does anyone know how these songs are chosen? I mean, have you ever wondered? I mean, a lot of musicians here just sort of like, you got 